Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I, to- I told you. Um, I told you. Yes. You know, I hate to say I told you so, but sometimes I got to say I told you so because I don't want you to think you're tuning into my show to waste your time ever. That's my greatest fear. I literally have nightmares about it. So what did I say yesterday? I said that this whole Brennan Comey scandal to take down Trump that they were going to declassify some documents. And I told you what was going to happen, right? It was going to make Brennan look like a big CYA operation, cover your caboose. I know it doesn't start with an A and it's all coming out today. And I'm going to show you how Brennan always seems to forget the date when the date's important. It's just amazing. I've got that a debate preview tonight. Mike Pence, Kamala Harris, VP and VP candidate for the Democrat side of debate. Got that. And also some classic media meltdowns. And I still haven't given you my take on this whole Secret Service thing. Today's show brought to you. I got that coming up too. Brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today. Go get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Big day for me. I'm probably having surgery right now as you're watching this show because we taped it a little earlier. We'll be A-OK, though. I'm convinced. So um, we'll have an update for you tomorrow along with some debate coverage and an unbelievable interview with the guy who uh, wrote the article, The Coming Coup, that you all went really crazy about when I posted it out there. All right, let's get right to it. Debate preview first, then some... uh, One of those moments where you're like, now it all makes sense for the show. You're not going to want to miss this. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Job Creators Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just weeks away from Election Day. Voting has already started. I've actually already voted. Uh, Paula as well. It's about uh, time to start voting in other states as well. If you live in Ohio, do you know early in-person voting begins 28 days before the election? In Arizona, it's 27. That's why I need you to go today to keepamericaamerica.com. Why? They'll give you the most trusted, up-to-date voting information. You can pass it on to your friends, too. While you're there, please commit to take one person to the polls, just one. Or do what you can to help them fill out an application for a mail-in ballot. Uh, whatever we need to do, we need to GOTV. Get out the vote. That's all that matters right now. Playtime is over. It's voting time now. The 2016 election was decided by thousands of votes, not millions. That's true in a couple of swing states. And 300,000 of you across the country have already gone to keepamericaamerica.com. I want to see that reach a million before that, please. We really need your help here. Make this the biggest get-out-the-vote effort in conservative history when the one the liberal media cannot ignore. They have their own get-out-the-vote machine. Do a little, do a lot. Do your part, but go to keepamericaamerica.com now. That's keepamericaamerica.com. Spread the word. Helps you get information about voting. Helps you do a little to help get out the vote. Helps you do a lot. Keepamericaamerica.com. Very important. All right, let's go. So weird not having Joe on the bell, I've got to tell you. It's like it puts me in a mindset. Folks, tonight's a big debate. Um, you know, listen, I want you, the debate coming up tonight, obviously, is between the Vice President Mike Pence and Kamala Harris running with Joe Biden. Um, it's a big debate. It's a big deal. We're now, as I just told you during that uh, read right there we did, that uh, advertisement for KeepAmericaAmerica.com. Voting's already started in some places. About 3 million people have voted, which means tens of millions or more haven't. Uh, The first debate I thought was a resounding victory for President Trump, and I'm going to show you some evidence from that in a moment. I want you to dump the conventional wisdom, though, about tonight. The conventional wisdom is Kamala Harris was a prosecutor. She's so smart. She beat up Joe Biden in the first debate. She's so talented. Uh, You know, Kamala Harris was was this this trained lawyer, and Mike Pence is just, oh, man, one of those old rednecks, so dopey Mike Pence. He's really going to be in for it. Really? Are you sure about that? Number one, I can tell you, I know Mike Pence. We're not like uh, tea and crumpets buddies, but I know him well and well enough. 
He's a great person, a great person with a character and a spine of stone. Um, and he is a more than gifted debater as Tim Kaine, his debate opponent in the last election when we kicked the snot out of the Clinton-Kaine uh, campaign in 2016, found out the hard way. Now, before I get this, I want to cover this Wall Street Journal piece on this because they acknowledge just this, that conventional wisdom, you know, the, the talking heads, the pundits that are all so much smarter than guys like me and you who actually worked for a living before, they know everything, right? And they're the ones pitching this, many of them, not all of them, that, oh, this Kamala Harris, she is just so skilled. What a politician. I mean, the cream of the crop, the top of the totem pole. There's nobody better in debating than Kamala Harris. Mike Pence is going to get crushed. They said the same thing about the first Trump debate where they told you Trump lost. Well, I'm going to show you in a minute why my analysis of that and a couple other folks, after I put it out there, I might add, piled on, was right. First, Wall Street Journal piece. This is the best way I've heard it summed up. Don't underestimate Mike Pence by Bill McGurn. A soothing dose of Hoosier calm might just be what the Trump campaign needs. Now, he sums it up like this, McGurn. Now, keep in mind, bottom line up front, what we're talking about here, headline, Pence has been chronically, uh, uh, you know, uh, under, under, uh, undervalued as a politician his entire life because he's a calm, cool, collected guy. He doesn't, you know, I'm, I tend to be a little more passionate. There's different styles, but Pence is brilliant and he knows what he's doing. From the journal piece. This is good. It says, yes, in the first Democratic primary debate, Ms. Harris put Mr. Biden on the ropes. Told you that, right? But she never matched that dominating performance in subsequent debates. Fact. And she had a hard time answering questions when Mr. Biden started firing back. Another fact. After an explosive start, she flamed out and withdrew from the race before a single vote had even been cast. Correct Amundo. Here, part two of this. William McGurn. Unlike Kamala Harris, Mr. Pence's advantages are all the understated ones. And unlike Mr. Trump, the words most often used to describe the vice president are calm and measured. Those who have watched him know his aw shucks Midwestern demeanor serves him well in debates. Not going to hammer this too much. We got a debate coming up tonight. We will be back here tomorrow for coverage of it from the room here. We'll have some clips. We'll have some highlights, some lowlights. I'm sure Kamala Harris will have a lot of those. I'm just here to tell you, throw the conventional wisdom out the window. Mike Pence could lose the debate. I don't think it's going to happen. Pence is very skilled and don't play into the nonsense. Secondly, before we move on to this other stuff, which is really, <laughs> I don't even want to tease it. I just want to get to it. What did I tell you about the first debate? If you're listening to cable news, nut jobs and lunatics, uh, many of them are all, you know, geniuses, self-declared, who've never really had real jobs, never lived in the real world, um, know nothing about the real world. They tell you in the real world what you're supposed to think about the real world, which I've always found fascinating. I said to you last time, I've actually worked for a living and had actual jobs, like many of you, that Trump won that debate. And at the time, uh, I was mocked by leftist lunatics, including that uh, loser on, what's his name? Seth Miller or something, the night guy. Uh, I'm not sure, but a, another zero. If I saw him in the street, would cross the street immediately. Probably wet his diaper too. But that's a whole other story. So Seth Miller, um, he made a big deal about my commentary on Fox, where I suggested that Trump won the debate the first time, despite the interruptions and despite the demeanor, because the people who support Trump in a base election were not turned off by any of that at all. And yet the people who support Biden in a base election, which is going to, which is what this is going to be. You're appealing to your base. The independents are going to have to figure it out on their own. Biden did significant damage to his base. Why? Because Trump got him to consistently renounce Bernie Sanders and the left. 
yeah, everybody laughed. Seth Miller, whatever his name is. Um, he thought that was hilarious. When I said, listen, Trump's the apex predator. He's a shark in the ocean. That doesn't turn off anyone. Biden came off like a guppy, apologizing for his uh, socialists and all that other stuff. You may say, oh, that's great. It'll make him appeal to independents. Ladies and gentlemen, there are very few independents left. But I warned you that Biden's base was going to be turned off base. But did I not say this, Paul? Did I not say that, right? Okay, here's a tweet I saw yesterday, right before the Biden-Harris debate by a guy, uh, what's his name? Kyle Kalinske here, secular talk. Don't know this guy, never met him. Um, he's a progressive, which is fine. That's his thing. Don't Like I said, I might suggest he's a bad guy, but he's right. And his analysis comports with mine exactly. Quote from his from his Twitter feed. He's a blue check mark guy, so it must mean he's serious. Um, <laughs> joking, of course. Every time Joe Biden takes the bait and gives Bernie a cute little anti-socialist pot shot, he makes it infinitely more difficult for young lefties to suck it up and pull the lever, especially since it's accompanied by a moderate Republican love fest. Pathetic. Ah! I... Did I... Thank you. Thank you. Paula's right next to me today. Back, She's not on the couch back there. She, today she's moved right next to me. I said that to you. What? Now that a lefty says, I don't know this guy. I'm not taking like a pot shot at this guy. He's right. His analysis is correct. It's the same analysis I had. But now that he says it, what? It'll be taken seriously by Seth Miller and the other late night geniuses who've never actually had real jobs. I'm telling you, I'm, I was a candidate. I'm a voter and an activist. I've seen it from every angle. Now a commentator. And I've actually had real jobs. This is a base election. Trump and Biden have largely tried to uh, uh, forfeited, in many cases, the middle. People are locked in. There are very few independent, real, genuine, independent, undecideds left. Now it's turn out your Republicans and turn out your Democrats. And every opportunity Trump has, he divides Biden from the left, which makes Democrats less likely to show up. And in a base election, that's deadly. Thank you very much. Throw the conventional wisdom out the window, please. I'm begging you. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. I'm going to get to this uh, stuff with Brennan because I, I told you yesterday this was coming and it happened quicker than uh, than I thought right before the debate, which is really terrific. I hope Mike Pence brings it up. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show also brought to you by friends at Trump Card. You know Trump Card? We discussed this uh, this awesome, awesome new film with Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza who did an interview on our show um, a couple of weeks ago. Trump Card's Dinesh D'Souza's, uh, D'Souza's most important film yet. It'll be available on video and on demand beginning October 9th. If you want to see the trailer, go to my interview with Dinesh. The movie looks spectacular. It explains the phenomenon behind Donald Trump, the Trump revolution, why this is going on. This is one of the, you know Dinesh's films, some of the best out there. There's a new and dangerous socialist movement in America and it's threatening our American way of life. Find out who's behind it and how to stop it. Trump Card, beating socialism, corruption, and the deep state all in one place. Look for it on all major platforms beginning October 9th. It's important. Don't miss Trump card. We're thankful to have Dinesh D'Souza on the show. Watch that interview show. He talks about his new movie, Trump card. You can see the trailer there too. It's going to blow you away. Check it out. Trump card available on all major platforms beginning October 9th. All right. Um, let me get into this segment. I've been super excited about this all day. Again, it goes into the, you know, I've been getting a lot of emails. Why don't you take a day off? You're having this thing done. I don't want to. Seriously, I like being here with you. If I need to, I will. I promise you. I won't put you all on. I promise you all I'll never do a show if it's not safe and uh, if Paula thinks it's a bad idea. But this information is just insane. So yesterday I told you that there was further declassifications coming and that the director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe, sent a letter last week. And in that letter, to sum it up, he said, listen, now we all know. Hillary fabricated the collusion hoax. It was made up. The Russians knew she made it up. 
Brennan knew she made it up. Obama knew she made it up. Brennan beef briefed Obama that he made that uh, she made it up on July 26, 2016. We sent a letter to the FBI, Brennan saying this, a referral to the FBI telling them that Hillary Clinton made this up on July 26, 2016. And now everybody's got to come clean. Of course, the media, the goons in the media and the lunatics have refused to cover the story because they don't want you to know about the biggest spying scandal in human history. The FBI then used the information that Hillary made up a collusion hoax and framed Donald Trump as an excuse, what, to investigate Hillary? No, to investigate Trump. It all came out yesterday. Some of the stuff has been declassified. There will be more coming out. It's just going to be Moab on top of Moab here. Bombs dropped on the field here. Let's go to Fox News. Brooks Singman first. Article came out yesterday. Uh, declassification by the letter covered here. This is a great piece. It'll be in the show notes. Show notes always available at Bongino.com slash newsletter. I encourage you. The newsletter is the show notes. Please check it out. You got that? Paul is a little bit on delay here. Forgive us. We're in the hotel room. Uh while we're on a bit of a delay, this is good. Perfect timing. Again, please pick up my book. I appreciate it. I can't do a lot of PR on it this week for obvious reasons. Follow the money. A lot of this stuff is already in there. And uh, can I read the first review? Hold on. Let me read the first review here. This is important. This is a part of the first review. Not kidding. You can read this yourself on Amazon. The guy's the number three reviewer on all of Amazon. This is the quote of the day about my book. Still shaking my head over some of the details that are provided. That guy's the number three uh, book reviewer on Amazon. Uh, okay, do you have it? Okay, great. All right. One of these days. Okay, there we go. Fox News after a three-minute delay. It better be worth it, this piece. Uh, DNI, uh, DNI Ratcliffe declassifies Brennan notes. CIA memo on Hillary Clinton stirring up scandal between Trump, Russia, Brooke Singman. Let's go to the, uh, the, the, the piece. I want to show you what happened here because I told you this was going to come out. And I'm going to show you what Brennan's doing here, which is just ridiculous, uh, from the piece. Exclusive. DNI Ratcliffe on Tuesday declassified documents that revealed former CIA Director Brennan briefed Obama on Hillary Clinton's plot to tie then-candidate Donald Trump to Russia as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server. Yes, yes, I've been telling you about this forever. Fox News has learned. Radcliffe declassified Brennan's handwritten notes, which were taken after he briefed Obama on the intelligence the CIA received and a CIA memo, which, re which revealed that officials referred the matter to the FBI for potential investigative action. Folks, these are his handwritten notes, Brennan. Handwritten for the... Yeah, my, my pen. Handwritten. I, we, we only have one pen in the... You have no idea how we're jerry-rigging this show. It's the only pen we found from... National CD rate line. <laughs> I don't know. I must have met you somewhere. It's even got a cool light. Check that out. Look at that. Put that in. <laughs> you like that? Probably just screwed up the game. But handwritten, meaning John Brennan's hand wrote the notes where he's telling you in July of 2016, at the latest, at the because he knew about it earlier, that he knew about Hillary Clinton's scheme to frame Donald Trump for a fake collusion scandal with the Russians to distract everybody from her email scandal and the FBI and Obama knew. What else do you need to hear? Why is this not a huge story? Handwritten notes. He's admitting it. Now, you may say, okay, what's new here? You told us this yesterday. Actually, I told you this uh, three years ago. Well, what's new here is old information now becomes crystal clear. I want to give a big hat tip on uh, Twitter to our friend at Fool Nelson. We don't know his real name. We don't need to know that. But he's a very good source. He always has some good stuff here. 
He went back, and now that we know on July, keep the date in mind. Don't you forget the date. The date, Ski. July 26, 2016, at the latest, Brennan briefs Obama and sends a letter to the FBI where they all know what Hillary's doing. She's framing Donald Trump. July 26th. July 26th. Remember that. Now, Fool Nelson found some uh, great stuff in Brennan's book, Undaunted, that now makes a whole lot of sense. Let's pull up this first passage from him about this fusion cell. This is from Brennan's book, Undaunted. Quote, during the authorized collection activities directed against foreign targets, the CIA and NSA sometimes would pick up information on U.S. citizens and entities. That's referred to as incidental collection. When the information collected involved the possible violation of U.S. law by Americans, that information would be passed immediately to the FBI for follow-up as appropriate. Okay, okay. You, you, want, me to, you want me to translate? You, want me to, you need a translation on that? I need you as the audience ombudsman. Okay, Paula needs a translation. Just checking. I'm sure if Joe was here, he would need the translation too. What does that mean? So right around the time at the end of July, July 26th, where we now know, again, at the latest, Brennan figures out the scheme that Hillary's up to. In August, so just a few days later, Brennan starts up this fusion cell, which is a cell of all kinds of law enforcement intelligence entities that are uh, assigned exclusively to this case. And what does he write in his book? That one of the first things they start doing is incidentally collecting on U.S. citizens. What does that mean? Well, let me just describe to you what they did. Because the CIA cannot legally spy on U.S. citizens, they need the FBI, which Brennan, at the end of that piece, conveniently says, hey, when we found interesting stuff on U.S. citizens, we sent it over to the FBI. You mean U.S. citizens like Paul Manafort and George Papadopoulos and Carter Page? Bad wink in an eye. You mean like those types? Yes. So what Brennan would do in his fusion cell is he would target foreigners that the Trump team was talking to, pretend they were spying on the foreigners as part of their CIA mission. What they were really doing was listening in on people in the Trump orbit targeting to any, uh, talking to anyone outside of the United States. That was the fusion cell's purpose. So instead of Brennan turning around and demanding Jim Comey investigate Hillary Clinton for potentially involving the Russians in a, a disinformation plot to frame Donald Trump, they turn around and start a fusion center at CIA to feed the FBI information about conversations the Trump team is having with foreign targets they acquired. Interesting, isn't it? Fascinating how Johnny B always seems to come and how he always seems to cover himself. Oh, I passed that off in the FBI. This guy is slick. He's a weasel dirtbag like you wouldn't believe, but man, is he slick. What a loser. Now, this is where this is where the good stuff gets uh gets gooder, as my daughter used to say when she was like three or four. This may be the goodiest. So in Brennan's book, remember when I told you about Brennan's op-ed, he always seems to forget key dates. So in his op-ed in the Washington Post a couple of weeks ago, he writes he briefed Obama about the Russia stuff on July 28th. He may have, but the real briefing about the Russia stuff happened when? July 26th. You think Brennan got that date wrong? Nah, Brennan's just trying to cover up. He's trying to CYA, cover his own caboose right now. Here's an interesting piece from Brennan's book. Again, hat tip fool Nelson. 
As you can see from the second passage in Brennan's book, Undaunted, he gets another date wrong. So now Brennan in his book is looking for an excuse as to why he would have started up a fusion cell to investigate Donald Trump for a crime he knew Hillary Clinton made up, right? Makes sense? So he needs in his book to write an excuse as to why he would have done that. So in his book, Undaunted, he writes, quote, it was on July 26, 2016, when Trump publicly stated that he hoped Russia would be able to find Secretary Clinton's emails and share them with the press. Remember that? That's not what he said in his speech. Trump, when he, when he mentioned about Hillary's emails, he said, you know, the press would probably love it if Russia found the emails. He didn't tell Russia to find Hillary's emails. He probably should have reworded that, but that's not what he said. But it's interesting that Brennan in his book can't do a basic Internet search and says that that speech happened on July 26. Well, did it? Uh, well, let's go to the New York Times. Conveniently, July 26, by the way, the same date Brennan briefs Obama on what he knows about Hillary. Uh, Trump invited the Russians to hack Clinton. Were they listening? By Michael Schmidt, New York Times. What day did that speech happen? Uh, let's go to the New York Times, a body of the piece, where it clearly lays out no... Trump made the statement around 10.30 a.m. on July 27th at his golf course in Doral, Florida. It was late afternoon in Russia. You see what's happening here, folks? Brennan thinks you're stupid. Brennan briefs Obama on July 26, 2016, that Hillary's about to frame Donald Trump for a fake collusion hoax. He briefs him on July 26th. When Trump wins the, ele wins the election and Bre Bre Brennan knows his entire plot is going to come out in the public, when Brennan figures it out, he goes back and writes a book. And in his book, he pretends this Trump speech where he said, now Hillary's emails, if the Russians have them, the press would love it. He pretends it happened on July 26th when it really happened on July 27th. As if he couldn't do a basic internet search to figure that out. Why did he do that? He did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. He did it on purpose because he wants the press to write stories. And yeah, that's why we did all of this. That's why we spied on him. It was Trump talking about the Russians. No, it wasn't. That didn't happen until the next day. You're lying. Again. All right, folks, let me get to my uh, third sponsor here. Sorry, I know the show is a little unconventional today, but uh, we do have a lot going on. So I want to get to some more media meltdowns over Trump. God forbid he beats the coronavirus. They can't have that. Brian Stelter, uh, George Costanza, but uh, Stelter losing his mind. The Mika Brzezinski, too. This is your classics coming up next. Hey, when you think of your future, you think of goals and where you want to be. Substitute dreams for goals and suddenly planning your future is bigger. Because no one has ever, uh, no one has small dreams, no one. Uh, dare to dream big and start your big future with a degree from Ashford University. Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule, flexible for you. At Ashford, expert faculty teach you real-world skills from real-world experience and online classes built for life's twists and turns. You can learn from home or wherever you feel comfortable. I got an online education. It was fantastic for one of my uh, master's degrees. You can pursue a degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, and psychology. With 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, Ashford gives you the tools you need to go from dreaming to doing. Go from dreaming to doing today. Your bigger future starts today at Ashford University. There's no fee to apply or standardized testing to enroll. Go to ashford.edu slash Bongino. That's ashford.edu slash Bongino, ashford.edu slash Bongino. Not all programs are available in all states. Thanks, Ashford, for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate it. All right, so I uh, 
I don't know about you. And I, you know, I always debate, I have this kind of fight, got one guy on my left shoulder, one guy on my right, you know, left shoulder guy going, ah, oh, don't play this stuff. It's annoying. Right shoulder guy going, play it, humiliate these media people. We need some comic relief in the middle of the show. So I decided to run with it. Um, we all know the dumbest guy in media, Brian Stelter, uh, George Costanza Stelter, uh, just a classic moron. One of these guys who doesn't even know uh, what he doesn't know, which is always sad. So Stelter went into an on-air tirade meltdown, as he frequently does, uh, in between bouts of fetching coffee for his bosses at CNN. Um, he's upset, President Trump, recovered from the coronavirus and was going back to the White House, uh, claiming that this was the stuff of strong men. That <laughs> only a non-strong man would know that kind of stuff, right? Um, here's Brian Stelter on air meltdown at CNN. This is a classic. Check this out. When, when we see it on live television, he knows the nightly newscasts are on right now. He knows all the cable uh, There he is. Uh, there's the president, uh, Brian. He's uh, obviously stopping again, giving another thumbs up. Uh, he's... Uh, Gonna, you know, get a get aboard Marine One, make that brief flight uh, to the South Lawn of the White House. We're gonna try to watch as much of this as we can. Brian, go ahead. It's not a real show of strength, but it's a performative show of strength. This is what strong men do in, in autocratic regimes. Of course, thankfully, we are in a democracy. Uh, but this is the kind of thing you see in uh, from strong men who want to appear to be leading. It's a dear leader sort of approach. Uh, and I think that is what we are seeing on our television screens. Meanwhile, there are big questions about the cover up. You know, why won't they tell us about his testing history when he was tested? We've moved from this possibly being a cover up to actually being a cover up. And uh, whether the president's at Walter Reed or back at the White House, reporters are going to keep demanding answers to those questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to bring back the former defense secretary, William. Again, Brian Stelter proving uh, why he is a potato, as uh, Kurt Schlichter often says. <laughs> it's always hard to take him out from the gold medal. On the gold medal stand, there is no silver or bronze medal when it comes to the dopey Olympics with Brian Stelter. He just takes the gold, silver, and the bronze. It's all his every time. Just losing his mind because Trump dared to leave. This is a strong man type stuff. Uh, this, this one's, a, in my opinion, a little better. I know that's hard with Stelter in there. But this is just a cut quickly of uh, Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC. Um, again, losing her mind over Trump, the coronavirus. They, they just, you know, the media, we're going to look back in 20 years in horror uh, I'm not kidding. And it's not going to be at Donald Trump. It's going to be very seriously at media and media operations and how so many seemingly credible people flush their reputations down the toilet all at once. Listen to this absurdity about the Secret Service and liability and a morning schmo uh, chiming in here. Check this out. And you're a lawyer. Maybe mm -hmm. the president yeah. is just immune not from everything. One, but yes, I am. Because the president said, maybe I'm immune now. Is he legally immune? What if his Secret Service men and women who have to drive him around in these vans and get exposed to his deadly coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Which, what if one of them gets sick and die? Well, what if somebody at that Rose Garden event gets sick and dies? I don't want this to happen, yeah. and I wish for his health. But I'm just wondering, he's pushing all of this against the advice of the prof professionals in his government, right. against the advice of scientists. Right. At some, some point, isn't this manslaughter? I mean, you, you, well, if, you, if you purposefully... Put people right, in a course, position right. where yeah. you send a vet deadly virus their way. Mm -hmm. What is that? Well, that is a serious question. Uh, and I am a lawyer. Is this manslaughter? Mika Brzezinski wants to know. Uh, there's not any dead bodies, but is it manslaughter? She wants to. Uh, she, 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 is this a, <laughs> she's talking about President Trump's 
brief motorcade outside of Walter Reed where he waved to supporters outside of the hospital. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you the inside story from that, what happened with the Secret Service and that in a moment. That's what Mika Brzezinski's talking about. The commentary is so ridiculous, it's laughable. Um, it's just another example of people who thought they were credible television personalities who I think 10 and 20 years from now, we're going to look back in absolute horror how, again, people who took themselves seriously turned themselves into total clowns on the air. Is it manslaughter? For the president to act like the president, because I'm a little, I discussed the Secret Service thing on Fox and Friends, but I haven't mentioned it yet on my show for a reason. All right, before I get to that, another quick story. I'm going to try to, this may be good. We may get right through this. I have a lot of stuff. I actually took a ton of notes to talk about. Um, Mark Levin, if you listen to The Great One Show, I know I do. It's a, one of the best radio shows in the history of talk radio. Mark Levin was fact-checked by Facebook. Did you hear this? I was on his show the other night talking about it. Mark Levin says Facebook is censoring his content. He says, it's clear Facebook is pushing a left-wing agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you, I warned you repeatedly that this was going to happen before the election. What Facebook is doing now, and if you listened yesterday to my interview with Alan Bakari at the end of my show yesterday, you have a real thorough taste for what's happening right now. He has sources inside of Facebook. What Facebook is doing is the company is dominated by nutjob liberals. It is. There are some Republicans over there, very few. They don't care about business. They don't care about money. They don't care about anything right now until competition. Or again, that's why I'm involved with Parler because the only way to take these people down is through competition. What they're doing is they want to diminish the reach of conservative pages because conservatives share Facebook content. Facebook audi Facebook's audience trends older. Older folks tend to lean Republican and conservative in many respects. So Facebook can be dominated by conservative content like mine. We're in the top 10 pretty much every day. So is Mark's page. So what they're doing now is they're sicking fake fact checkers on people. John Stossel has a great video up. This happened to him where he had a guy on to talk about the ridiculous claim that the California forest fires were caused by climate change. That Listen, there is no scientific evidence whatsoever that these were caused, caused by climate change, none, or by global warming rain. There's no scientific evidence of that. So what happened? He was fact-checked, John Stossel, and when he reached out to the fact-checkers, they hadn't even seen his video. This is what Facebook does. And after they fact-check you, they put a little note, see why this post, whatever, post by me or Mark Levin as it happened to him, see why this may be false. Here are the facts. And they're never facts. They link to opinion pieces by left-wing lunatics. This is what they do. This is how they silence conservatives. Again, why I ask you every day, to join Parlo, which is a competitor to both Facebook and Twitter now and a viable one, and I'm proud to be involved with them. It's happening, folks. There's a reason Levin and me and other conservatives get fact-checked all the time with fake fact-checks and liberals get away with it. All right, uh, so moving on. Just um, getting back to this story. A lot of you sent me emails about this, wondering why I haven't commented on it yet. It's because I wanted to get a good, solid breath of information and know what I was talking about. Um, unlike some other former Secret Service agents who opened their mouths, uh, whenever they want, specifically one guy it talks about stuff he doesn't know um, and has a really terrible work history anyway. But that's a whole other story. So going back to Mika Brzezinski, they lost their minds because President Trump, like the, any president of the United States would do, by the way, uh, wants to act like the president. He doesn't want people thinking he's sick and ill all the time. It's important for the psyche of the country. And if the president's going to recover, that people know it. 
This has happened throughout presidential history. I know it uh, befuddles the confused left and the hypocritical media dopes, but these stories go back to when FDR was in a wheelchair taking pictures of him in cars, driving to make it seem like he that wasn't his condition at the time. This is, folks, this happens all the time. What do I tell you about politics? For better or for worse, I'm not defending it. I'm just telling you it is. It's snapshots and sound bites. It's pictures and quick sound bites. That's all politics is. Any good president or any good leader knows that. Anyone. Any leader from around the world knows you have to take good pictures that make you seem like you're in power and in charge. You have to give good sound bites. The president saw it that people worried about him, that he was sick and decided he was going to go out and show his face and wave to his supporters. It is not the Secret Service's job, ladies and gentlemen, to tell the president not to do that. We should always, always, caps, A-L-W-A-Y-S, always care about the safety and security of the Secret Service. But Secret Service agents, I know because I was one for 12 years, we sign on to, to basically subordinate our security to the mission. And the mission is to allow the president to be the president. We take proper measures. They took proper measures for that motorcade. The agents were in PPE. They had a plexiglass divider and the agents volunteered for the mission. Now, one guy decided to say, I can't believe what I'm seeing. One former agent who, you know, beclowns himself all the time and doesn't know what he's talking about. The reason I waited a few days is because I waited for the emails to come in from my Secret Service contacts who actually still work there, who are befuddled that this is an actual controversy. Ladies and gentlemen, someone was getting in that car no matter what, because that's what we do. Someone's going to be in the room with that president, COVID or not COVID, no matter what. You know why? Because that's what we do. Someone was getting on that helicopter with the president when he flew to Walter Reed when he was sick. You know why? Because that's what we do. And I don't remember one story from these goons in the press, not one. When I traveled to South America, I said South, uh, South Africa, forgive me, on Fox here. They were 6.30 in the morning. I meant South America. When I traveled to South America with a protector, you shall remain nameless, and came back with dengue fever, lost 27 pounds, was sick for three weeks. I don't remember any stories about that. I remember when a good friend of mine came down with chicken guinea fever in Africa. Ruined his life. Serious stuff. You remember that story? No, you don't. Because it never happened. These stories where they care about the Secret Service and our safety, despite the fact that we voluntarily subjugate our safety in a heroic mission to let the president be the president. You never heard those stories before. You only hear about them now under Donald Trump, where these media lunatics all of a sudden care about the Secret Service. They don't give a damn about the Secret Service, and they never did. All they care about is attacking Donald Trump. And Mika Brzezinski, that dope, wants a char- what, the charge of manslaughter because he's endangering the Secret Service? Newsflash, Mika, because you don't have the guts, the honor, the dignity, the integrity, or the spine to ever do any serious job yourself like the Secret Service where your safety's in danger. Every day we show up to work at the White House, your life is in danger because of what you do. Every single day. And I didn't hear you say squat when we had to go over to take a photo op with Obama in Afghanistan because presidents do that. Because photo ops matter. Because they show leadership to a country that needs it, whether it's Obama or Trump. But you didn't write that story, did you? How the Secret Service, me specifically, I was there. We were in danger. And ladies and gentlemen, believe me, I'm not, I'm not telling you about this because I'm asking for anybody's fake pat on the back. That's what I did. You would have done it too. 
It was nothing brave about it. That was the mission I signed up for. It. We did it. I didn't go out there and go, oh, let me look so brave. I'm going to a war zone. That's just what we do. Just like the brave men and women in the military are out there on the front lines every day. They don't get up every morning patting themselves on the back, telling themselves how brave they are. I know they're brave. But that's the most noble part of their mission, that they don't do that. They get up and they do their jobs, just like we did. That's what the Secret Service does. Mika Brzezinski doesn't know anything about that. She doesn't understand honor. It's not our job to tell the president not to go out and act like the president and show people he's alive in the middle of a deadly pandemic. Lunatics. All right, got a few more things to get to. Uh, let me get to my final sponsor. I always appreciate your patience. We have a lot of sponsors uh, that want to be here on the show, and uh, we're honored to have them. Jen Ucell, ladies and gentlemen, I wish these bags under my eyes would just go away. If that sounds like you every morning, <laughs> you're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a major problem for millions of American men and women until now. Introducing the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote, Susan, making an appearance. I've been using GenuCell for a couple of months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love your product. I use it under my eyes, my eyelids, around my cheekbones, and on my eyelids. And with instant effects, you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. Nice. Call now and say big on GenuCell's pre-holiday season sale. Here's how to get yours. Go to GenuCell.com, enter Dan30, that's Dan30 at checkout for an exclusive discount and for a limited time. All customers will get the new GenuCell Crepey Skin Repair, the essential tool to visibly reduce crepey skin on the chest and neck. It's free. Visit GenuCell.com, that's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, GenuCell.com. Use code DAN30, DAN30 at checkout. Okay, uh, just quick on this article. The news, uh, the uh, newsletter today, the show notes are pretty good. I use those terms interchangeably. Again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Please check it out. I'd like you to read this article. It's interesting. It's a little kind of inside baseball wonky stuff. Um, it, you, you know, you're all smart. You'll figure it out pretty quickly. But Larry Sabato does a deep dive in his crystal ball um, newsletter about what would happen if the Democrats get in and they make Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. states which is highly likely if Joe Biden wins the presidency and the Democrats win back the Senate, which, ladies and gentlemen, could happen. Um, this is the most detailed article yet I'd have seen on the topic. Check this out. Uh, the political implications of D.C., Puerto Rico statehood. Uh, it's really good. It's in the show notes. Encourage you to read it. You may say, well, what's the takeaway, Dan? Well, the takeaway is this, that if D.C. and Puerto Rico are made states, there's a highly, highly likely probability well, they'd each have two senators, obviously. That's how our system works. Each state, you know, that gets, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but each state gets two, there may be some liberals listening. So uh, each state gets two senators. There's an overwhelming chance if DC is made a state that those two senators would be Democrats. There's almost no mathematical possibility for a Republican to win a Senate election in the area they're talking about of uh, DC making a state. Okay, so just forget that. So now you have an automatic two nothing head start for the Democrats. Um, because if you know if there's going to be 104 senators now, because there's going to be 52 states, you get a two nothing head start because DC is never voting Republican and no time in your lifetime, right? Puerto Rico is not as cut and dried. Uh, Puerto Rico, there are a lot of Republicans in Puerto Rico, a lot. And Larry Sabato's article describes this because this is the kind of thing you know. As Republicans, we got to be careful here how you characterize this. Uh, Puerto Rico has voted Republicans in before. There are a lot of former military folks, there are a lot of Republicans in Puerto Rico. But he says probably best case scenario for Puerto Rico, best case is they get their two senators too, if Puerto Rico is in fact made a state. Best case scenario is we win one of those seats, so you have one Republican. The chances of them being two Republican senators from Puerto Rico, therefore 
basically nullifying the two from D.C. are slim to none. So best case scenario, if D.C. and Puerto Rico are made states, you have three more Democrat senators and best case scenario, one more Republican. Not good odds, ladies and gentlemen. But one of the things that uh, Sabato brings up that's interesting is you forget the House of Representatives. It's not just that they would get likely three more Democrat senators that probably be in there for a very long time, making the possibility of getting a Republican majority back very slim in the Senate. D.C. would also get one member of Congress, voting member of Congress, not a delegate like Eleanor Holmes Norton now, a full voting powers delegate. And Puerto Rico could get up to five. Ladies and gentlemen, let's assume four out of five of those are Democrats. Now you have five out of six because of D.C.'s uh, one, five out of six new members as Democrats on the House side and three out of four on the Senate side. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll never get back the majority if that's the case. It's not going to happen. And the Democrats know this. That's why they're going to push for this hard. Real hard. Be very careful. Read the piece. It's really good about how it's going to be recut when the census happens. Very, very good piece. The best I've seen so far. We're doing good, right? You like this? On track here? Almost get through all the stories? Folks, as if you needed another reason to vote against Joe Biden, I want to pull this video quick. Hat tip Americans for tax reform. If you are in a state that's right to work right now, meaning you're not forced to join a union by law. Listen, I, I can't say this enough. My family members are in unions now. They grew up with a union family. They were all laborers, tradesmen, craftsmen. I get it. I just don't think people should be forced to do stuff, period. End of story. I'm not anti-union. I'm anti-government monopoly and anti-government forcing people to do stuff. I believe passionately in the right to work. You should not be forced to join any organization you don't want to join. Why is this difficult? Yeah, but you become a beneficiary of our union bargaining. I'm not asking you for that. I'm a beneficiary of a lot of things. If people in my neighborhood all eat broccoli and don't go to the hospital, my tax dollars aren't spent in my local hospital caring for people who can't care for themselves. I, it's fine. I benefit from that. Positive externalities and negative ones are a part of life. That has nothing to do with my individual choice. I don't want to join your union. End of story. Not the case. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are in charge. You don't believe me? If you're in a right-to-work state and your economy's booming, you're going to be forced to join a union soon if they win. Don't listen to me. Listen to them. Check this out. It has to be about, for example, banning right-to-work laws. <laughs> that needs to happen. We should change the federal law that there is no right-to-work allowed anywhere in the country. For real. Not a joke. Not a joke. <laughs> Told you. Again, listen to them, not me. If you're in a state that has right to work, the freedom to join or not join a union, and therefore you have great employment in your state, a solid job, well, good luck. Don't listen to me. Listen to them. Your taxes are going to go up. Your police departments are going to be under attack. We're going to have a, uh, a, a abortion, pro-abortion agenda like you've never seen before. The economy's going to get crushed. Right-to-work laws out the window. D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood are likely. Folks, I warned you. We'll see what happens. All right, my next piece at Bongino.com. Uh, you know, I get tired of media hypocrisy. Did you see this one? This is by the great Matt Palumbo. Hey, CNN reporter criticized for taking off mask criticizes Trump for taking off masks. Listen, there's a reporter in the White House. She's really awful. Uh, I, she's not as bad as Acosta, but almost as bad. 
Her name is Caitlin Collins. She works at CNN. I think she was like an entertainment reporter or something for this. But now she's all, you know, a serious person now, supposedly. Um, she loves to attack people and forgets all the time some of the stuff she gets caught up in herself. So she decided to attack the president, even though he was uh, about 200 yards away from anyone when he went on the balcony at the White House and took his mask off after coming back from his uh, his trip to Walter Reed because he was sick. So that's fascinating. She has a problem with people taking their masks off. Well, here's a photo Matt Palumbo found. Um, this was online. So they, they, yes, there it is, folks. If you're watching on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, there's Caitlin Collins herself in a White House briefing who's a big masker taking her mask off after the briefing when she thought the cameras were off. So uh, there you go. Again, more evidence of ridiculous media hypocrisy everywhere. They're all frauds. They're all phonies. I've seen them. I worked with them behind the scenes. If you only saw what I saw, traveling around with them overseas and on foreign trips in the media, you would be absolutely disgusted. I'm not kidding. I'm not talking about all of them, but these are people of, they're criticizing us and writing stories about politicians and other folks' characters. If you saw the stuff they did under blankets and I'll leave that, leave it a family friendly show. Disgusting. These people are horrible human beings. I'm not suggesting she did it. She came around why well, I had already retired, but not that smart either. President Trump dares to take off his mask. You take off your mask all the time when the cameras are off. Cut the crap. By the way, that's a more enclosed room too, the uh, the press room right there. President Trump was on a balcony outside. There was no one even near him. All right, uh, last story of the day, but an important one nonetheless from Hannity.com. You know, ladies and gentlemen, how many times we got to say get woke, go broke, right? So the NBA decided it would be a good idea to uh, allow their players to crap all over the American flag, all in the name of social justice, which they can't, which they can't describe, or systemic racism, which they have no idea what that even means. Because whenever they talk about the systems that they believe are systemically racist, they're always talking about systems run by Democrats. So Hannity.com, NBA Finals, Game 3, the least watched in recorded ratings history. It's down 45%. Now, here's the funny thing. Your liberal friends will tell you, no, no, that's not because the NBA has gone full Black Lives Matter, social justice, where that's not it. They'll give you 67 different other reasons it happened. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL's viewership went down too. Attendance was down after they went full woke. Let's get on our knees for the American, uh, uh, our national anthem uh, to disgrace America. Let's wear socks where cops are depicted as pigs. Folks, I'm telling you, the damage to this is long term. Why? Because sports is handed down. From generation to generation. That's how I picked up. I was a Yankees fan. I, I learned that from my mom. My mom watched the Yankees a lot. My father used to sit us down and watch Bucky Dent when I was a kid. William Earl, Russ, Russ, what's his name? Russell Earl or something, Dent? No, Russell Earl Dent. I think that was his name. Bucky was his nickname. Shortstop for the Yankees. I used to love Bucky Dent. Remember the home run at Fenway? But I got that, seriously, from my dad. And that's how I learned to love uh, baseball. Football, my mom, I, you know, my parents were divorced, so I watched a lot of football on Sunday. It was football day. My mom would watch any football game. So my brother became a 49ers fan. I liked the Raiders. Later, we moved to Maryland. I really enjoyed watching Ravens games. But you know what? Once they got on their knees, I got off my couch and I turned it off. And I never passed that down to my daughter or my other daughter. And that's a real shame. I mean that. There are things you want to sit back and, you know, even though I have two daughters, I don't have a son. I've always treated them just like, that. I mean, my, my youngest daughter, we, we, you know, sometimes we go, we do like guy stuff sometimes and it's fun. I don't really care. And I'd love to watch a football game with them, but I'm not going to subject them to that. And therefore they've never became football fans and they're not going to pass it down to their kids either. 
The NBA Finals is down 45%. I really hope you're all sitting around the boardroom wondering what you did to destroy a once great league. Remember Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, the good old days? Maybe get back to playing basketball again. I have no problem with activism. Do it on your own time. But you're there to do a job, a job you do really well. Play basketball better than anyone in the world. I'm not really interested in your political opinion. When I want politics, I'll turn into political shows. Even news shows on TV stay out of political opinion making. They try to do straight news. Maybe you should do that too. It's up to you. It's a free world. I'm not telling you how to run your business. I'm just telling you I'm not interested in your business if that's what you're going to do. And apparently a lot of other people aren't interested either. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Again, my apologies for the visuals on the road show. Um, I really felt like this Brennan story was a must. I had to get it out today. I didn't want to leave the show behind. And uh, I'll have some updates for you tomorrow. I'll probably have, well, it's the other side. Actually, everything's the wrong way. The other way? Yeah, there. So I'll probably have a scar on my neck tomorrow because I recorded this pre-surgical operation. So I'll let you know. Fingers crossed we get good news. Please pick up my book again. Um, we're kind of hurting this week a little bit because of this really couldn't have come out at a worse time. But the book is Follow the Money. The shocking deep state connections to the anti-Trump cabal, the early reviews, read them on Amazon, have been really, really good. I think you're going to like this one the best. I promise you there are things you haven't heard yet. The Obama fixer, Ferrante, inside Comey's inside guy at the White House. Oh, it's juicy stuff. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores everywhere. Pick it up. We really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.